this pod is probably one of the first times I've publicly told, you know, my kind of story where I like about bouncing back. Really, I never really talk about it because I'm like I said, I'm I'm not necessarily a very public person, but I would challenge people to just um to keep keep fighting, stay resilient. Resiliency is huge. You know what I mean? Um, challenge yourself. You know what I mean? And don't be so hard on yourself. You know what I mean? Like challenge yourself and and, and give yourself credit when credit is due and just keep going and, and know that no matter where you are, it, it can change in an instant. Just keep going, keep challenge yourself. I mean, I don't know if that's the best answer. It's a great question, but I hope that sheds a little bit of light. Welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes is living their most authentic life. Today's guest was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. You might know him for songs, Tonight is the Night, The Wildlife, and The Boogie. Or you've heard him in a Google, Apple, Bud Light commercial, plenty other brands out there. I didn't want to spend the entire intro listing them all off. He's a co-founder of 83 Sound, an LA-based independent record label. He was guest for episode 29 of Purpose in the Youth podcast for all the OG Bearded Man followers out there that came out in March of 2017. Today on the podcast, fellow bearded brother Richard Andrew, aka Out of Sight Baby. Let's go. What a fantastic introduction. My goodness. Man, how to make sure I was dialed in to get this podcast rolling, baby. That was really good. Dude, Bobby, thank you for having me, man. Pleasure. Came Came a long way since we did that first episode at the Middle East upstairs the above the venue in the closet i don't know if you remember but i remember it never forget that that conversation i remember and it's funny because before we started recording i was like what is that five years ago and you said 2017 so four years ago almost five years ago it feels like an eternity crazy time different world just flying by time flying by but um i'm glad to do this four years later we can catch up obviously on the podcast <laughs> obviously we've stayed friendly through the years totally it's a yep. different it, it's a it's a different uh type of conversation where i think back to like where i was in my podcast career that was so early on to mm-hmm. i've definitely found my voice and like the way i want to carry conversations and so i it, like even just when i was prepping for this podcast i can't i can't re-listen to old podcasts of mine because i just don't want to hear my own voice sure if there's a way to listen and just listen to the guest voice i would right um but like even just prepping for this and just thinking about the headspace i was in mm. what i was doing for work like just the life i was living it was just such a different time in my life and to to be where i am now and even just now thinking about it you played a pivotal role I'll never never forget that mm. first party in la me and yeah. dylan move into la you hit us up. You're like, yo, fellas, got this party in Venice. How long were you guys in LA at the time? I think right? literally one weekend. Holy shit. One weekend. Right, then so you pulled us out. here for a week. Go ahead. Here for a week. I'm jumping at Dylan like, yo, we got to go do something. We got to mm-hmm. get out in the scene. You hit us up. You're like, yo, I'm going to my buddy's Snapchat party in Venice. I'm like, mm-hmm. you could tell me anything of where you're going, Rich, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be there. That's right. And come to find out that moment, that con- that party uh, for Jeremiah's um, Snapchat release party yeah. has been brought up so many times since where like I'll meet somebody for the first time. Yeah. Somehow, some way we connect and like you were at that Snapchat party. And so 
just a pivotal moment. And uh, I you love know, it. You just can't, you, you put taking us under your wing as the two young bucks from Massachusetts and, moved out to LA. You know, it's funny because I don't, I don't do a ton of that, but mm. you know, shouts to Jeremiah. He was such a young go getter at the time. Like he's still killing it, obviously. But back then he was just like, I, I think I met him through a fellow photographer and like I just barely knew him. But yeah. he was just like, I just dug his energy immediately. He's like, yo, you just, we were like in Venice one day. He's like, you just go look around this store and I'll make it into dope content. He was just like so fucking sure of himself. I was like, well, this kid's going to be somebody. And so he had hit me up about this party. And it's like, I am, I'm actually like not the like go to a party alone kind of guy. Like I like, I might act like I'm super confident, but I'm not doing that. So I'm like, Bobby and Dylan, <laughs> we're going go. together. So you guys help me get there too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so it was, it was I'm glad win. we were able to connect the dots on that. So yeah crazy to see how dots connect uh that like was that dope the there was that house was on the canal yeah it was on the canal it was uh, it was now i've gotten to know those founders it was the founder of a company called feet they feet originally feet socks yeah and then they evolved now and they do sweatshirts and uh sweatpants and all that they've they've actually rebranded and completely blown up but uh that awesome. was their house at the time when they were at the peak of their company so fire uh, it's just crazy to see how that all full circle yeah now but, you're uh, bobby venice so you know I'm more at, than now me. i'm in venice i i, I yeah that's what i'm that saying house. I run by the house all the time. Yeah, so soon you know enough we're gonna be throwing down here. So get so get your party pants ready for that. Yeah, when that happens. for sure. Um, you're going into the fifth studio album, and I yes. this wow. this will come out. Um, I'll tell you a date now, just so maybe you you'll be able to actually uh, speak on it and and knowing that. So this will come out June 28th. I know we're recording this a month ahead of time. Yeah. By then, I believe the album will be out. I haven't seen anything publicly about the titling of so, the album. So yeah, so it'll be two weeks before the album now. So yeah, the two, album now is. Let me look at my calendar. I yeah, had to push can, it back. I can I can push the actual uh, release. I should have checked this down with you before. Oh, the pod, you're but. fine. You're fine. Uh, so now the scheduled release date is July 16th. Cool. So we'll push this. Uh, so yeah, sometime after. And that, it's then. only the music is done. The album is done. It's just. Uh, we're just doing some business stuff. I'm basically seeing who is going to be our distribution partner for the totally. album. Totally. So we are, you know, going back and forth with a few different people and it's pretty much like last minute stuff. And my business partner, Will or cook classics, he's about to be a dad. Wow. So it's just been a mad dash to kind of like, we got the music done, but just to see who's going to put it out. But that's the final date. It's coming out then. And, um, we are, what's today's date? The 25th of May. I'm going to, yeah. I think, announce this week. I've just been collecting and getting all the content together and doing that. So, you know, that's the the part of the process that I like doing, but I don't necessarily excel at. So yeah. I've taken a little bit more time this time around. Yeah. Well, you, you want to be in the studio making the music and, and then kind of let the other parts of the business fall into place, I would imagine. That's and always been me. Yeah. 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 I've always been a studio guy, you know, write songs almost every day. Like that's been always my like hustle. You know what I mean? How much, how much of the process changes from when you think back to like your debut album nights like these to now, mm -hmm. like the prep process for rolling it out. Obviously when you're rolling out your debut album, this is like all new. You're just like yeah. running, running and gunning and like learning on the fly. But like, do you feel like now it is just so much more calculated? You know that what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, is, well, or the, do you feel like it's still just throwing ideas at the wall? It's always throwing ideas at the wall, especially for me. I don't have like a, you know, I don't have like a huge fan base, so it's always kind of like I don't know. I'm just trying to throw shit, and it's like, is this what am I even doing? But 
it's changed a lot for me personally on the creative side because when I was doing the first album back then, I mean, shit, it's almost 10 years ago. That album came out in 2012. And at that time, it would be like, I'd go to the studio when I could, you know? It was like, all right, they booked a studio for you and you'd like record a song or two and you'd work that way. And I, it only started when I moved out to Los Angeles in 2014 where I got myself a desk and literally went to work every fucking day mm-hmm. and started recording myself and being like, okay, now I'm like figuring out the music and like having the chance to experiment. So back then, a lot more control was given to everybody else. So Warner Brothers, you know, was a part of that whole like rollout thing, content, da 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 da. And even the music, like I didn't have a chance necessarily to like fully develop ideas. So, you know, I don't know how great I am at content. I know I recorded a podcast around the album. I did eight episodes. I'm really excited on that. But I do know musically and like creatively, the development like changed dramatically. And that's what kind of fulfilled me as a creative human, just being able to go to my desk every day and be like, just work on songs and just mm. fuck around and record my own vocals and like be like, I don't like how this sounds. I'm going to work on this. I work on this because you used to leave the studio and be like, that's the song you got. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. And it's like, you know, and it's like, maybe you go back and change it. But like back then it would be like, yeah, it's cool. Or it's like, yeah, this is great. Like, you know, there wasn't really a lot of wiggle room. Now it's like, I can start from a voice memo and a, and a song can change its iteration multiple times before anyone hears it. Yeah. Do you feel like now too, obviously you're a father, you have a wife, you have a family, like mm-hmm. are you, you much, you must be uh, much more like treating this like a routine wise, like of when you're working, when you're not, because I had even heard in uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see J Cole's new little mini doc yeah, on YouTube. It's like 12 minutes. It. He taught, I love the part where he talks about how, I don't know if he had gotten advice from Pharrell, Pharrell. or if it was a conversation he had about Pharrell, where he essentially talked about how he had created He's in the studio for certain hours of the day. That's it. And he leaves. And, and J. Cole was talking about like how he would just sit in the studio for 14, 15 hours a day and slowly work on things. But I think that can hurt you when you are when you are putting too much time into something, you have more time to just screw around where if you get really narrow about like, I got six to eight hours today to work and then that's it. You kind of have to hustle and get shit done. Regimen is everything for me. And when he said that, that hit right at home. And on to be completely honest, I don't know Pharrell personally. But I know people that know Pharrell and for years I've known that like Pharrell goes to the studio like nine to five. Wow. And I always loved that. So, you know, I'll give actually a lot of credit to my my business partner, my good friend Cook. But when I got out here, I didn't have a studio or anything. And dude was like, yo, just take this room in my house and make it a studio. And I used and every day he'd be in his studio working with different writers, different stuff. And I had beats and different ideas. And it was just kind of like, okay, he's working every day. I guess I should work every day. Mm. So I started to build out that like, you know, I get there till 10 and I work till 530 and I go play basketball. Mm. And it's like, I built my routine. All of a sudden it was like you said, like I'm in here and it's like, I got my coffee, bang, bang. I start here. Boom. I get my little snack. Boom, boom. And it's like, you, you start to like, your mind like starts to like, feel that creative arc and like know like you kind of ride those waves and like understand it because like I, I was like j cole like back in the day like you get to the studio at like nine o'clock you know then it's like fucking around yeah and it's you know 
oh, we're going to, somebody brings in some liquor and yeah. you're there till four in the morning. And it's like, what are you really doing? I don't fucking know. <laughs> and I did that so for years. And it's like, you do have your creative moments, but it's like, it's not as locked in. I mean, at the end of the day, this shit is, it's a, it's a, it's creative, but like, it is a profession. Like we are, we make a living off of what we create. So it's yeah. like, you know, I, 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 I treat it as such. Like I, I have my hours, I get to my desk, I work, and then I get to fuck off my desk. Yeah. Because you got to fill your well, you know what yeah. I mean? And then that was one of the hardest things I think about the pandemic was like creatively filling your well, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I heard a lot of people say the art suffered sometimes, but I, do, I just tried to dig deep. And even like when the shit was going on, like I just would get to my desk every day and I felt really lucky that I was able to work from home and just keep working. But, mm. you know, just building that out and just so, yeah, I have my routine for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's just repetition. And I think uh, even when I think back into my own finding my own voice in my own podcast career, I would just work any hours and all hours. And I would just assume that more hours I put in equals more productive that I am. But mm -hmm. then it took me time of realizing that. That's not actually too, that's not actually true. It's quality of hours versus the quantity, and that ultimately, when I when I'm able to create the space and differentiate when I'm working, when I'm not working, the hours that I'm not working actually allows me to create space from the craft. It allows me to live life. It allows me to to enjoy myself. So that by the time I'm actually sitting back at the desk, there isn't a need of me trying to create the momentum, trying to create the creative juice because I'm fired up to be back. I'm ready to like lock in and talk about all these things that have been on my mind the last couple of days. So I think it's definitely important. Uh, and I think Eminem is very similar to that where he, he's always created like that nine to five type schedule, um, which I think is just really important, but you brought up cook. Um, yeah. Such an important person, obviously in your career, yeah. did he make the move? Cause you guys had grown up together. You guys had come up together. Did he make the move to LA before you or how did so that? He, we met in like, we didn't grow up together, but we met in like, um, shit probably like i think 2009 okay so i don't mean grow up i think i just mean like, yeah, like you guys up. started yeah. working together so early he, on he's from new york city um but he went to college out here and he was just out here and um my homie six cents who's another brother of mine uh was uh we were working together musically all the time and he threw a concert at the knitting factory in new york city many moons ago i think it was 2009 and cook was just like an up and coming hungry beat maker in the same way I was like an up and coming, you know, rapper singer. And he was like, yo, I want to get you on one of my beats. He sent me some beats. I recorded one of the songs. I ended up like on like one of his like producer mixtapes. And then I just loved his beats. And I think our styles just mesh. So we immediately hit it off and he was just mad cool. So immediately, I don't know, back then, like, you know, the world is, is changed so dramatically, but like back then it was just like, I, I, you're younger than me. So it probably seems more normal, but like I barely knew him, but he was like, yo, come out, stay on the crib. Let's work. So I got on a plane and I just went and stayed with homie <laughs> and his, and his homies. Where did he hit you like, through MySpace message or something? Maybe. I think, <laughs> I think by then we were cool. Like it might've been email or text or whatever, but like, you know, we just started working together a lot. Mm. Um, and I would, come stay out here in LA and just like sleep on homie's couch and he had a little studio in his, uh, his back house set up and we'd all kick it and, you know, eat $5 burritos and just make music. And then I got, I think I was signed or I got signed to Warner and like some of our songs were like supposed to be a part of like the first 
iteration of like my album. So like we were working and working really hard to like break through like on the label shit. Cause like mm. I was on Warner and it was like, ah, oh, I just need a single. Ah, oh, I just need this. If I do this, I can get my music out. Mm. Cause like working in the major label construct, like that's how it is. It's like, it's always like, so like cook was like my ride or die. Like, you know what I mean? And so we just kept working and working. And then, we made tonight is the night and we made tonight is the night. Just like we made like any of our other joints. You know what I mean? Just like kicking it, fucking making jams, eating sandwiches, like <laughs> a yeah, regular night, tight. regular. Yeah, day. this is cool. Like whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, and immediately, you know, tonight's the night. Like we had tonight's the night for a while, but like people behind the scenes were like, Oh, this is, this is good. This is strong. And we we're like, okay, cool. And then, Eventually, probably like six months later, Tonight is the Night came out and all that shit happened, Pepsi and all that other stuff. But like, it was from when that happened to uh, when Cook and I met was probably like two solid years of just grinding wow. together. And like, Cook was just, you know, hustling the same way I was. Like, we were fucking broke, like just trying to get on. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I had a major label deal and what made... Tonight's night so special and is so special was, you know, so often in um, in pop music, which is totally cool, but there'll be a lot of writers and producers on it, you know, because it's a process to make great songs, hit songs, especially songs on the radio and like on top of Spotify charts. If you go down and you start looking, you're like, damn, there's five writers on the song. There's eight writers on the song because it touches a lot of hands because the creative process to make songs that are that good Sometimes that's how it goes. Totally cool. But with tonight's the night, it was just me and Cook. Wow. It was just me and him. Wow. You know, and so we were just like two complete noobs just made a platinum song. <laughs> like <laughs> on a sunny day in Burbank. <laughs> like, and so yeah, that's the homie. And like I said, so yeah, you know what I mean? And to be working together ten, you know, twelve years later, like that just kind of shows the kind of person he is and hopefully the kind of person I am. I yeah. I mean, there's two things I want to go off. First off, I want to, I'm curious as to in what ways has maintaining such a long relationship with him made you a better person, whether it's musically or just personally. And then secondly, I'm just kind of curious, like from what you've seen and experienced of the music industry, like, like you just said, like people don't understand that behind the scenes, there's multiple people that are, that write that record that help, you know, these top songs that we see that we hear on the radio, what does it, is, is it a formula to making the hit song? Like what does it take? Is it just the roll of the dice, you know? Sure. Um, all right. So, all right. There's a lot of the questions. So yeah, the sorry. first one was, <laughs> uh, as, as, as far as cook. Yeah. Like he's just a solid dude. Like a million times he could have just been like this label, the label he's on, they're fucking annoying. This is way too much of a pain in the ass. I, you know, he ended up producing a bunch of other hits. He could have just been like, dude, I love you, but kick rocks a million times. Mm. But he always rode with me, man. And so he's a stand-up motherfucker. And me, I'm like, I'm like A1 solid. Like, you ride with me like that? Like, I'll kill for you. You yeah, know what I mean? You're from New like, York, baby. You Come know what on. I mean? So like, <laughs> immediately it's like, no, that's my dog. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, and we just... Man, we just were able to like create like a little independent hustle that just killed it. And like, 
which is it's just super chill. Like it's 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 very easy to work with homie. He's a good person. We've became good friends. So um he's definitely made me work really hard because he is came out came up through like uh the game as a producer and like he developed such a great ear. So like he he definitely on a creative basis, he would challenge me and challenges me all the time to be better. And I welcome it because I, I want to be better. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I trust his ear and his creativity. And so and I so we're able to bounce ideas off of it. So if he's like, yo, I don't think this hook is hitting or like something like that or like this shit is whack. I go back to the drawing board because you need to have that. You know what I mean? You can't just have everyone be like, yo, this is dope. You need somebody that's going to be willing to tell you the truth. The truth. Because yeah. if he sends me beats that I don't like or an idea that I don't like, I'm just going to be like, not for me. You know what mm. I mean? I'm not gonna be like, yeah, this is sick. I'm, it's just, you gotta have that. And so um, we have that creatively. And then, yeah, we've just became great friends. You know what I mean? He's just a ride or die dude. So um, yeah, he's definitely made me a, a better artist and he's a great, great friend. Uh, as far as the um, the music and the, the hit process, you know, back in the day, there used to be way more of like a process when it was like Dr. Luke, Max Martin, those guys dominated radio. And there was like certain elements. Um, songwriting, there's arrangement. That's always going to be there. It's going to be, you can change it. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like building a map, right? But it's like four bar intro. All right, we're going into the verse. Eight bars. We're going to do a pre, a hook. Post hook after the second hook. After the post hook, we might come at a bridge. That's always going to be there. It's, it's always the same. It it can change. You could be like, all right, we're going straight into the hook, then a verse. Or you could say we're going straight into the verse. So those little elements can change. Um, but now musically, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a, a template for hit songs. Mm. I think I think authenticity is winning out big time. Mm. You know, like that Olivia a Rodrigo girl, I think she's incredible. Mm. And she's so fucking real. Like she just her net. Uh, her producer wrote all that shit like on her bed. Like she was like, you know, broken up. I don't know the full story, but like, like authenticity to me wins. And then there's just like real shit and like fun shit. But I don't think, I think maybe in hip hop and R and B, there was like a wave that happened in Spotify and everyone kind of was sounding like that. Mm. So there is some of that, but I think the biggest songs that like break through are like authentic. Mm. And I think that's been like the common common thing so like when i'm looking at young artists it's like that's what i want to see it's like i want to see who you are and what it's about but i don't i don't think i don't think there's a template anymore you know what i mean there used to be like when you know like all those in the 2000s and early even like when tonight is the night was big there was like a huge trend of like edm right mm. it was like build 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 hook hook hook, yeah, hook. Yeah, yeah. you know and yeah. it's like that kind of came and went so now there's like pocket stuff but like it's nothing crazy and i think the the, the bigger and cooler stuff is like coming straight from the artist honesty what about uh our boy drizzy drake just got artist of the decade does he follow a formula or is he just no nah, i think drake is just like the best a and r in the streets ever like he he's always early on mm. like what's already bubbling and then just kills it, and he's just—he's just a master at his craft. I'm a huge Drake fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so he just—he's just—he just gets it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's like okay, this is kind of what's hitting here. Like, 
he he can even like okay this is popping in memphis i'm gonna bring it all the way out you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is this this is that he's just he's so good at that and then he's just so crisp with it i know yeah seeing him win weirdly just gets me so fired up and like six like fires me up to do my own thing in life and i'm not even trying to be an artist not trying to do anything like him but yeah no. just seeing the level of what he does it at and the way he like carries himself and the confidence and just he's just it's just fl- it's just flawless everything that he does execution and people wise, have wanted to knock him off the top forever mm. but he just he just keeps winning <laughs> you know what i mean i you know i'm a huge drake fan too i like yeah. he's just he just He's a killer, man. I know. He's so he's so damn good. What do you think has been one of the, the toughest lessons that you've learned while working in the music industry? Man, you got to You can't jump at the first opportunity you get, unfortunately. You know, even though the opportunities become few and far between, um, the music business is fucked up. Um, <laughs> people are fucked up. They will steal from you. They will not pay you correctly. They won't. They'll put you in a deal that'll leave you stuck. Like, mm-hmm. I just try and tell the young artists, like, just have your shit right. Understand the business. It's hard to understand it, but once you learn, you're like, oh. Because when I first started signing deals and shit, like, I didn't fully understand things. And that kind of leaves you in the dark. Mm-hmm. You really got to know what you put in your, your, your signature on. And, and so... The music business is is tough in that way. So you really gotta know because people will fuck you over. There's no there's no nice guy shit in this music business. Mm. Um, I try to be a nice guy and and trying to do more non traditional things as we do eighty three sound because I have been an artist who's been stuck. You know what I mean? Like this is fucked. What the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And it's like. What? Because you wanted this amount of money, or you thought this this opportunity was going to present itself, and you got to be really careful and trust your instincts on that. And I think now the younger artists, they have more opportunity than ever to do things on their own, and they are so that's great. But obviously, the system and the major system is always going to be there too, which is fine. Just know know your shit, and, and uh, you know. Save your save your dough too. I mean, motherfuckers be spending, bro. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's I, like learn, learn, bro, learn. Like I, there's ebbs and flows in this game. You know what I mean? Like if I had to rely on tonight's the night money, I would be doing real estate, bro. I wouldn't be <laughs> making music like yeah. full time. Like I wouldn't yeah. be able to live off that. I try to. I try to try to believe that the longer it takes me to secure these big bags or to like get to these high level things that I want to do within my own career, I hope the better I will be with money by when it comes because it will have taken me so long to get there. I feel like people that get on real quick, really early, do they just assume like, wow, I started making music and then two years later I'm making millions of dollars. Like it's only going to keep coming in, but in reality, it's not going to be like that. Like you need to be smart with your money from day one and, and actually strategically put it in the right places. So I try to try to tell myself that because I've been able to go from a place of living by my bare, by bare minimum mm-hmm. and then having some a little bit increase in growth uh, over the last couple of years. But I try to b- trust that when the day does come and these big bags come because I keep doing this damn thing, then I will we'll be smart with the money. Then I'm not just going to go out and spend it aimlessly, but 
yeah, I mean, I see, I see the way some people want to flex and spend. And I also think too, it's like, they are doing that because they don't even have it's insecurities. They need to have the nice car, the nice, you know, watch the everything in order to feel good about themselves. And it's like, I feel just as confident in this plain t-shirt and shorts and socks uh, than they do. So, I mean, look, if you got the dough, and you know, first get yourself a good ass accountant. You know what I mean? Because you're gonna yeah. have to pay, you know, Uncle Sam a whole bunch. Taxes of gonna come money. knocking, baby, bro. It's a fact of life. You yeah. know what I mean? I got. I was like, when I started making paper, and I see, I was like, oh shit, like what the <laughs> fuck? And it's like you don't even know. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, if you got it, that's fine. You want to spend it, but like, just be wise about it. And, and you know, it just it's it's ebbs and flows. You know, even when I've gotten some of my you know, just been very six had like successful moments in my life. I like to be like hungry and like work as hard. Like I don't have anything smart. Cause I remember, I mean, <clears throat> shit only a few years ago, like I was like, Oh fuck. Like, I don't know if music I can like, this isn't a job right now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm gonna have to do something else. Mm. And then I just kept hustling. And, and, and fought back from the motherfucking dead straight up. I mean, I don't know even how else to say it. Like I was dead, bro. I was dead in the water. When I moved out to LA, I was fucking toast. I didn't wow. have a label. I didn't have shit going. I wasn't touring. So did you have your, what, did, was your first son born at the time too? Yeah, no, I had two kids out wow. here, small kids. And yo, I mean, my back was really against the wall and I had to fight for it. And that's why, you know, I, I ride with a dude like Cook. You know, this motherfucker was like, get, get, take a studio in my crib and let's get to work. You know what I mean? And like, I pivoted and I had a second album that, you know, just wasn't, you know, providing a living for me. So I flipped it and changed it. And I, that second album had The Wildlife, The Boogie, um, both those songs on it and those songs went crazy wow. and all of a sudden it was like bro i was passed out and i was like in a 800 square foot crib like barely making rent like with my face on the nba like oh shit i'm back you know i had to wow. fight bro i had to fight i'm telling you the music industry don't give a fuck everybody yeah. who's kissing your ass when you're on the radio they're gone they're mm -hmm. gone that's just how it is. Like for me, I had a hit, but I never was a star. So it was like I couldn't just go back on the road and, or like go to another label. Like I, I was like, oh shit. The only thing I know how to do is make bangers. <laughs> like straight up. Like I'm just a fucking fantastic songwriter. Yeah. You know what well, I'm saying? You, so well, I was like, it's time to make some songs. You and Cook together is unbelievable because. Thanks. Lyrically, you nail it, but and then you put his production with it, which just yeah. sounds like this orchestra of just like un. I just like every time I click into one of your songs, Rich, yeah. I, I just like it, it. It goes hand in hand, both what you're saying lyrically to like his noise. Oh my yeah, it's god, loud stadium. It's, it's, just, it's literally stadium music. Try and bring a party. I mean, you know me, man. I like I'm a, I like to hang. You totally. know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm 38 now, so I'm not hanging the way 38 I 38 years young. Come on. You I'm not hanging the, the way I used to hang. <laughs> but I still love to have a fucking good time. Mm. And for me, um, I just found a lane. Like, the wildlife took off and the boogie took off. And I was like, you know, I spent my whole early career, like, all my early mixtapes were, like, super hip-hop, then got soulful. 
And then my first album was like filled with uh, like almost EDM dance songs. You know what I mean? And so I never found a lane really as out of sight. So it took it took the wildlife and then the boogie because like I just love funk and fun and soulful music. I was like, oh, shit, I got a lane. Mm. And so that's just been it. So, you know, I just the last five years, I just I stayed in my lane. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, and shit, I'm chilling. I bought a crib. I'm chilling. Like, I just go, baby. Like, I can run a label. Like, yeah. we can't. I'm just trying to, and I say this not to brag, but I'm just, if anybody hears this and wants to be motivated, because, like, yo, I really was at, I was below zero. I really was. Like, but I didn't give up. And uh, I just hustled and uh, was lucky too. But yeah, like, you can bounce back. You know what I mean? I just want, I, I hope to motivate somebody because I don't really share my story that often. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty private person. Like I don't, I'm not on the gram really talking. I don't do a lot. It's not my thing. It's not mm. who I am as a person. Really. I, I, it's just not who I am to me. It's like, I, I, I just like to create, I'm a floater. You know what totally. I mean? Like I want to be just jamming. Like what words are coming to me? What, what flows are coming to me? You know what I mean? Like, which is, you know, maybe not been, maybe you you need all of it now you know you need to be able to make content different stuff like that so you know just I think share my story i think it's key to just be self-aware though it's about it's just it's just like you're saying you're you recognize you like to create you're in that flow and that in of itself takes up enough of your time in the week on top of everything else your family running a label like it, you're it's impossible to do every single thing to show behind the scenes to put out vlogs like showing you in the studio to then putting right. out the music like you can't do everything. And so I, I always think the key is just like you're saying, like it's just being self-aware. If that's not the way you want to communicate to the world, that's fine. It's that's just not what you're gonna push, then it's like it's not a big deal. And I think exactly. then that's when these podcasts end up becoming more important when mm -hmm. I can get guests like you who don't come out from behind the curtain all that much, that they see, they hear the music, they see like, you know, the the updates on like what's happening behind the scenes from time to time. But that's what these are the more most important podcasts uh, is the people like you that are very much behind the curtain often, but then hearing kind of what it's taking to actually get here. And some of these hurdles that you've had to overcome, it's like shit, like he didn't just buy the crib in LA and have a yeah, family. No, like there was sure. a lot of shit and, along the and, way. And I don't share it. So it's like, you probably, if you go through my Twitter and Instagram for years, you'd be like, Oh, he just seems like a really happy guy. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, I was fucking assed out. And yeah. so that happens, you know, and the music industry can really humble you. Well, you know you, what I mean? You made a comment about, uh, you know, how like you were kind of in this low moment, but yeah, you were on the NBA. And so it's like, how does that even happen? But I think one thing that I, outside looking in that I've seen, and I've Dylan's communicate with me, all, especially when I was living with Dylan, just like you have crushed like these sync deals where you've worked with the NBA, you've worked with Google, Apple, Bud Light, Mountain Dew, Madden, NFL, yeah. and literally a handful of other brands. How important has this avenue been in your career? And like, how did you f like it's figure the it out? It's most important. It is my career. It is yeah. who I am. Without it, I don't have a career, frankly. Um, and so, and it happened by accident. And I don't, and I, I'm, I feel incredibly lucky and incredibly grateful. I just, when we made The Wildlife, we had, basically at the time, I was ice cold and I was living in LA. And my manager at the time was like, yo, 
I can pitch you for a Mountain Dew commercial that my ad agency is doing. We just need something fun. I said, cool. We had horns from our, our guy, Carlos Sosa, on a on our hard drive. Bum, 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 bum. Me, Shaban, and Cook are in the studio. <laughs> he just starts laying in the bass. I just had the song titled The Wildlife forever. I always wanted to use it. And we just made the song that day. I sent it. They're like, yeah, this is cool. We'll let you know. It gets the commercial eventually, probably just through our relationships. Cool. Nothing crazy. We're on the board. It's nice. It's been three years, two years, where I've literally had nothing go right for me. So I'm like, this is good. Okay, here we go. So um, got that. And then it took time. And like, we were excited. Bro, I put out the wildlife video, and it was on my Vivo page, which I never had a Vivo. The first day, it had like 90 views, bro. I'm like calling my manager like, we got to take this down. This is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. This is terrible. Three years ago, I was on the radio. Now I look like a fucking fool. (laughs) He's like, bro, who fucking cares? And I had to let it go. Mm. And all of a sudden, the emails just keep coming. Hey, we like this song. We want to use it. Hey, bing, bing, bing. I made the boogie the same time frame. Me and my boy Giddy made that one. Bro, all I was like, yo, let's make a song that we can sing at a wedding. I want to make a dance like the hustle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about anything. And these songs just took on a life of their own. And so I was like, okay, what's the secret sauce here? And they're really, it's just, it's just fun. And it's just, I guess, stuff that people can relate to. And then when we did do something crazy, same kind of thing. Like I just was like, yo, it was the summertime. I was in a raging mood and I just wanted to make one of those songs that like took me back to like when i was with the homies like keg parties like yeah just fucking raging and then boom it's in a movie and i'm like what the fuck so i started to learn more about the business but i never creatively was like i need to make it for sync because this is a big part of the music business music licensing is a massive massive fucking industry Mm. and i am just a little speck but i just built out my little niche and I make fun, party music, good tempo. And it's real because I'm a real artist. I still love to do shows. I still love to do shit. And um, the the power, you know, obviously I have people who are pitching my music and trying to get it on stuff all the time. And the powers that be have taken a liking to it. And I was able to build out a career. And that's now what I'm trying to do with the label is help other artists have that kind of success, you know? Mm. So it's been everything. Yeah, it's 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 such an interesting thing because like I said, outside looking in, I don't think people realize like they just assume if you're trying to become an artist, the only avenue is you have to be touring and you have to be on stage and you have to have a top song on the top charts in order to make a living. But you have been able to do that behind the scenes mm-hmm. and put up um, like these incredible deals with major major brands, movies, and your 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 music gets heard across so many eyeballs, like from all these opportunities. But I, it's just such an interesting avenue that I think it almost is an example. Like even if you're not trying to be in the music industry, there's always other outlets in order. There's always other ways to make a living doing the thing you wanted to do. And and even just thinking like my example, like mm-hmm. I work on behalf of a brand in the podcast space where I'm buying uh, buying media space for the brand. 
do, do I wish that, you know, I want to be doing podcasting full time? Yes. Am I going to get there? hundred mm-hmm. percent. But at least along the way, I'm now learning as a buyer, what a brand's looking for, what they want to hear in a read, uh, in order to drive results so that when yeah. the time comes, I know how to deliver it. I know what they're looking for. I know how to execute it. I know how to give them over the value, you know, give them that extra value. But sometimes we just assume that if we're not doing the thing that we think is the only way to do it, that there's no other route. But I think this is just a great example. There are other routes of doing it. And you have to be welcoming to all of it. Totally. Like just be ready. Just have an open mind. Yeah. You know, cause it's very, you know, for years, I mean, dude, I wanted to be Bruno Mars. I wanted to be Justin Timberlake. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, I'm a, you see me live. Like, I could get it. Like, I'm you can all, dance. You know, I see the, I see the dancers, the baby. Dance, but like, you know, I got like, I'm, t- I'm a you talented swag. dude. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. But, like, you know what I mean? I came up in New York City. It was hard. Like, I know I got, like, I could do it. You got but, the juice. But things change. And, you know, to just piggyback on your point, like, there's so much more under the hood than you ever would imagine. Right. And so when these opportunities started to present themselves to me, um, I had to really have an open mind and understand like, this is, this is really exciting because so many more people have heard my music just because of this. And I've been able to support myself and make a living and and just have so much fun doing it. And and it took me a bit to like, kind of like fully embrace Cause like, you know, I would still be like, all right, well we got to take wildlife to radio. You know, we got to do this. We got to do that. And it's like, cool. Those opportunities may present itself, but like right now you have this wave. You just got to ride this wave Mm. and you just got to go where it goes. And then when you get off the board, you can be like, okay, where am I now? Right. Mm. And you can get the next one. But sometimes you just got to welcome it in. You know what I mean? Because you don't get to choose fully what your story is going to be. You don't, you know, you can only, you're just the main character and you can only think you're going one way, but real quick, it can change. Like yeah. the universe kind of will decide what your real story is going to be. So you just got to put yourself in the position to be successful. And that's what I, I did like just by making mad songs. I was just like, fuck it. And then I felt that opportunity and I was like, okay, this is the wave. So then half the second album had horns all over it. And the other half was from the previous thing. And then it was just like going forward, like, this is where we're going. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of learn and adapt. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a key because the moment you start comparing yourself to other people's ways of doing it and their own stories of how they got to their success, that's when you're going to hurt yourself because you're going to assume that if you're not following their steps or if, if your career or path isn't similar to theirs, it's you're not going to be successful with in reality, the fun part is the moment you recognize that your story is unique to yourself, you know that every decision you make is just part of the story. There is exactly. technically no wrong or right decision because no matter what, no matter how it plays out, you just have to then make the next decision. Or like you're saying, you get off the board, you hop on the next wave. You get off the board, hop on the next wave, and it's just this constant flow over and over and over again. Yeah, and some are huge waves and some are little ripples, right? Yeah. I mean, but you don't get to choose. The, the ocean gets to choose. The universe yeah. kind of gets to choose. Totally. Still yeah. got to get up on that board, baby. Still got to get up Still on it, Still got to get up on the board. Yeah. Uh, 83 Sound, excuse me, 83 Sound. You and Cook come together, start this. Uh, we mentioned it multiple times in the pod. I haven't had a chance to really dive into it, but mm-hmm. it's an LA-based independent record label. I think it started in 2019. Yeah. What was the vision for launching this? Yeah. So, I mean, I had been, my previous label was with my previous management. So that deal was up. And I'm now of the age 
and the maturity where it was like, I understand the business um, and I want to do it myself. You know, it's like, I don't need a manager. I, I can put on my big boy pants now <laughs> and do what I need to do. Yeah. So it was the next step. So I was going to do it anyway. Cook and I were already working together. Cook is um really, really smart business, dude. Um, And so we were just like, you want to just do this label together? We're like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's do it. So our first iteration. So then, you know, we had to build it out a bit um, and we, we got things rolling. And our vision was to sign dope artists and make great songs and, and build artist careers with use and getting trying to get their music licensed. Mm. Right. And using that as a way to to break artists. And so um, and not make music for sync but make music that can sync so because there's a lot of companies and businesses out there because this is like i said this is a very competitive space with a lot of money so it ain't just me hanging out you know what i mean it's a fucking <laughs> it's hard you know what i mean so yeah it's like oh every no, let's go to rich we got a like, commercial no. we need music let's go to you rich know what i mean like exactly it's not you got, that you got people so, outside your door right now waiting to have the conversation it's fucking hard man <laughs> and i'm very grateful for every opportunity i've been given and um so there's brands and, and companies and, and labels and publishers out there that have a lot of artists who are just making music for sync and that's cool. And some of these people are incredibly talented, but it's like fake bands, fake names. We don't do that. We just wanted our, you know, artists to make shit that we think can be used across the board and like culturally shifting campaigns. And so we signed Chelsea, who my my good homie and her manager was my tour manager, Dre. I was like, let's work on it. So we did a project. My homie Santino, who I've known forever, had him do a project. Uh, Dylan in abstract did a project for us. Um, Jerome, the Prince is now working with us. So we're just building it up. Obviously COVID, uh, you know, COVID threw everybody through a loop. So it, it is what it is. The game shut down for a bit, came back. 2021 has been really fun. We're learning a lot on the fly. Mm. Every day you, you run a business, you learn something new. Cause you're just like, Oh yeah, yeah. I want it to be this. And then the next day you're like, Oh, but really it's that. And so <laughs> that's one thing I've learned a ton on, but the, that, that was really the vision. And so now we're in year two and, uh, we have a few different, we have a bigger vision for sure. So now it's just about aligning with the right, right people. So, mm -hmm. um, partner wise. So yeah, one step at a time, really. How do you balance both business when it's time to do business stuff for the for 83 sound and then when it's creative time for you do you kind of break it up or is it just it's hard actually great yeah. question it's hard um so what i try and do is spend my first hour at my desk doing um admin and stuff that i need to do mm -hmm. and then if there's a day where i have calls for work which isn't crazy often i'll just kind of blank that day out i try not to intermingle too much to creative and the business happens a lot. Sometimes I get into a very bad habit of I'll have two screens and one screen will have an email open and be way too fast on email and just not leave people waiting. But part of our business is to be responsive and, and, and move fast. So um, I, I, I do blend it, but I do really try and regimen it where it's like, all right, cool. Now these next four hours I'm going to create, mm. stay the fuck off. <laughs> that that and that because you get so distracted totally 
So emails, it just keeps coming in. Keeps coming in. Creativity just gets zapped. Yeah. It'll get zapped because, yo, it's it's two sides of the brain, man. Totally. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, this 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 place is closed now. You know what I mean? Maybe if you go for a walk <laughs> or a run. Stuff shop. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah it's like, we're not open yeah. today. <laughs> we'll so, see you tomorrow. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. I think it's key. Like you're saying, you're just, you're understanding what, it almost sounds like you're understanding what time of day the part of the brain that you're ready to use, whether it's the creative or the admin, and mm-hmm. then just dedicating that. Cause I know for me personally, I love the early mornings to bang out the creative. Nobody's emailing me. Nobody's texting me. Nobody's mm-hmm. calling me. So I can just like one hour of straight focus feels like three hours of me just bullshitting around while trying to do something. So right. I think it's just paying attention to, uh, you know, finding those hours of the day that work best for you. And then just doubling down on it. But uh, it definitely takes a little bit of a trial and error. It does. And, you know, it's very easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it this way. This is my routine. And then you're like, oh, oh shit, I got to check my email. <laughs> <laughs> it's like crack. Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking crack. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, sometimes I try to remind myself, I can have my slip ups here and there because I know in the long term over the big picture, I'm going to stay consistent. I'm going right. to get the work done. I'm not, I'm going to be disciplined enough. I'm going to make sure that I eat healthy enough and all that good stuff. So I, I try That's to good. try to give myself some slack that here and there I can slip up and it's not a it's not too big of a deal. I mean, you're only human, dude. Don't worry yeah. about it. You're That's, doing great. Totally. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're uh so you're a father of two sons and a daughter, I believe, right now, yes. right? Yep. How has becoming a father changed you? Uh I, you know, look, I tell this, you know, my, my cook's having a kid and anybody, you know, who my friends who don't have kids is it just you immediately are like it just makes you realize there's more important things than yourself. Mm. Like, you know, you, you go through a period in your life where you're just selfish. Everything is just about you. Right? Yeah. How far I can take my career, how much fun I want to have, what I'm going to do. It's all me, 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 me. And then once you're now responsible for somebody else's life, it's like, yes, it's not about me anymore. And mm-hmm. the older they get and the more you, they you know they develop their personalities. It's like okay now I'm what I, I I need to raise good people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I need yeah. to make sure that these people are are, are good people and are, and we lead them the right way. So you know, my wife and I spend a lot of a lot of time trying to figure that out. But um, it changed me dramatically. I mean, I really had to grow the fuck up eventually. Um, and I'm still a grown ass kid, but it really, you know, eventually you just kind of. The maturity level for me over the past few years, it wakes you up, man. It, it's yeah. just a different thing, and it's a lot of fun. It's 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 the most rewarding but challenging thing, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people say that, but I I, I really do think that's the deal. Yeah, and I would imagine too, it probably holds you more accountable to uh, kind of like we were talking about earlier with Pharrell, where he kind of sections yeah. off this hour, and I think J Cole even talked about the doc where it's like. Now that he would, now that he was a father, not only did he bring the studio into his home, so he was closer to his family. But then it was yep. like, I only got these eight hours, and then that's it. And so I think it almost probably puts more fire under your ass to get 100%. the work done. So then that way you can. Uh, I think you're uh, the baseball coach. Too, I'm a little league coach. Little league coach. Yeah, hundred percent. I coach baseball. I coach basketball. I build Legos. I build Duplos. Dude, I, I. Yeah. I don't know where I find the time. Honestly, I don't. 
I get up early. I'm a, yeah. a you know. You do your yeah. thing. The early morning. What's your saying? Early morning well, wins when, the day. When the morning, when the when day. When the morning, baby. win the when day. When the morning, win the day, baby. So that's me, baby. I'm gonna have that early. flying we- on a plane o- across the L.A. at some point. Shit. So you'll be ready for kids whenever you have them. You yeah. know, you'll be ready. We'll, you know, we'll, cro- we'll we'll cross that bridge at some point. <laughs> yeah, you got time. Not yet. I gotta got I gotta run around Venice for a couple years and see what I get myself into. Have your fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely gonna definitely gonna have my fun. Um, I know earlier you mentioned you're gearing up to launch. That's my jam. Uh, it's pretty much like a podcast where you bring on guests and you guys talk yeah. about uh, an album of the guest's choice. What mm-hmm. have you enjoyed about this? What was the inspiration to want to create it? Are you scratching your own itch, just wanting to catch yeah, up with people and. You know, I came up with the idea of like brushing my teeth or making bacon or something. I was like, <laughs> you know, it'd be a good idea. <laughs> and I was like, I put it on Twitter and it's not like it got like a great response. You know, like some of my tweets are just such airballs mm. and nobody cares. And this one, I was like, ah, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm like, oh, people like this idea. Well, yeah. now I got to do it because very rarely. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> you know, this is. It, it inspired me like people's and I put it on Instagram and I got a lot of feedback. So I was like, Oh, this is actually a good idea. And then I talked about it with a few other people and they're like, it's a great idea. And my good friend, my childhood friend, Pell, uh, was like, yo, I want to be in the first episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. And he kind of put the battery in my bag big time. Cause he was like, it's a great idea. So we did try called quest is low in theory. And I just had fun with it. And, um, I feel like naturally, like I have some like host DNA in mm-hmm. me. So it was like, this is, it's definitely scratching an itch and I'm a music nerd, music junkie for sure. So it was kind of covering those things. And, you know, it's like, like we talked about earlier, it's like, you need content for your mm. album. And it's like, what, what am I, what is my old ass going to do for content? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> fucking know. Like I'm not hiring a kid to film everything I do. It'd just totally. be madness. And I don't want that. It's totally. not my thing. So I felt like this was really controlled, creative and, in like up my alley. So it was like, it was really fun. I did eight episodes for season one and I didn't do more than that because if I do too much, I'm not going to do it. And I'm a type of person. If I do an idea, I must do it. Mm. I'm not. So I, I will set the the limits because if I was like, I'm going to do 15 episodes with music cues and this, that, and the fourth. And then it's like, bro, I'm out. You know what I mean? I was like, if I do eight, bong i can do this here then and then and it's done they're already done Mm. in the can and i'm good that's that's just who i am as a human i might be a little type a or ocd no i love that so it was like we're done and so maybe we'll come back for season two we're able to see how it's received but um yeah yeah, really fun that's a good i think it's a great idea where it's it's definitely going to give people that know you for your music like an outlet to just hear you talk and free flow about like life and music, especially if the, the concept is focused on music in of itself. Yep. I think it's going to be a great outlet for people to get to know you more. And uh, definitely I would imagine like it's probably bringing back, I know you and Dylan had done baseline jam for a minute and that yep. was very much like basketball, a little bit yep. of music incorporated. So it's probably bringing back that itch that you were scratching with that podcast. So we had so much fun with that. And I felt like our best conversations kind of like were about like life and music. Yeah. Like when we kind of, like the basketball side was really niche, you know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. once, you know, I, I do miss those convos, you know, cause Dylan's such a good friend and we did channel orange and Dylan was amazing. And that was the second episode. He was just, he, he really just, he crushed it. And it was like doing that episode with him. It was the second one I did. 
it was like, oh, this is actually a real thing, you know, because the first one was, it was really like hanging out with an old friend. I mean, I've known him since I was fucking 10 years old. Totally. So, so episode two, all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, this is like a real idea. This is cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was really great getting back on there with Dylan too. Yeah. I saw Dylan a couple of weeks ago and he told me he had did the podcast with him. He told me the concept and I... I go, you picked Frank Ocean. He goes, what album? I go, Chanel Orange. He's like, fuck, how'd you know? Yeah. And I, I said, that's your bread and butter, man. I sent him the episode after we did it. I edited it and did it. And I was like, you got to tell me what you think. You know, you got to tell me, Dylan. And he just hits me and he goes, yo, this is fantastic. And I was like, yes, <laughs> let's go. And I was like, he okay, I'm to something. He wouldn't lie He wouldn't lie. I know. He would, Dylan he would wouldn't tell lie. You. He would tell he'd you. call me and be like, yo, this is kind of mid. Here's yeah. maybe what you could do. He was like, this is fantastic. And I knew he meant it. And I was just like, okay, all right, all good. Right. Okay, yeah. Don't okay. not lying. Don't yeah. not lying. <laughs> all right, so I did something right. Yeah. That's great. When's the release for that? So, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm going to put it around the album, so. Cool. Sometime in July then? Yeah, and like I'm going to start putting out episodes before the album and then after. Cool. So it'll be kind of a little bit of a Just sprinkle bag. it out whenever. Yeah, my album rollout, it's been, I, you know, I haven't put out an album since 18, it's 21, I want to get an album out just to have out, I put out a lot of music though, so, um, yeah, I just had people come to me recently being like, hey, who's going to be your distribution for 83 Sound, and so, having those conversations, I just didn't want to rush it, you know what I mean, because who knows. Take it nice and easy, my friend. Yeah, you know. You've been around the block, you, you know, not to jump into anything that's too, yeah. not too soon. And you're only as good as like the people you're working with, man. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, so like, we've had a lot of success. We make great music, but like, we also work with awesome people who have busted their asses for us. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything I've learned with uh, what I've seen with Liquid IV in the last 18 months is like, no, not if you wanna, if you really wanna succeed and you know crush it to the best of your ability in whatever space you operate within, the team is what you need. You need people that are like-minded, that are good people that you would grab a beer with and hang out with after mm -hmm. if no business was happening, because ultimately it's like what money and success, all that doesn't really matter if you're not enjoying the ride with the people that you have around you. So if you, that, if that's like a key thing that you're looking for, I think that's fantastic because that's ultimately going to be the most, one of the most important decisions you can make. Have fun for yeah. sure. I know plenty of people with money who are not having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly enough. It doesn't cure everything. Unbelievable. Yeah. What's a what's one lesson that you learned growing up in Yonkers that you still carry with you today? Man, you gotta be tough. Mm. I mean, it's funny growing up now because I see how the kids are and like shit was just different. Maybe it was toxic masculinity, but mm. like shit was tough. Mm. Where I grew up, it was tough and not like yo, you gotta fight every time you leave the house, but like. You know, there was certain pressure on you always like yeah. weak shit. You know what I mean? Like you had to fight for it, not physically, but like it was tough. You know, yeah. where I, growing up, you know, I had very young parents and I was raised by my grandparents, my parents. It was like a, a community, like, you know, it took a village, you know, my parents are very young, young. They had me in 1920. Wow. And, um, you know, it just. You know, you where I'm from, it's just, it's, I don't, we had so much fun. And now that, that's, a, I take with me like those fun times, those memories. I'm still friends with the same kids I grew up with to this day. 
Like I'm going to Austin with him on a bachelor party. I'm about to be the best man at my my friend Andrew's wedding. We've known each other since he's eight years old. He's my oldest son's godfather. But like, bro, like we're if you if you we would fucking snap on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and you get we would abuse each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a different world, man. It's like we were hard on yeah, each other, bro, everything. and still are. Yeah. Like, if you came with some weak shit, you were gonna get fucking served up yeah. you know and like it you know like i don't know if it's right or wrong but like it makes you tough like it makes you I, I, it makes you like it made me learn how to like walk into any room and not be afraid mm. it did because it was like i done seen some shit and felt some shit and been told some shit already like i'm not like so like even like when i started rapping in the city and like going to Brooklyn and like hitting these open mics where it was like, who the hell is that dude? Like, I just was like, there's nothing you could say to me. That's going to hurt my feelings. Mm. <laughs> Thick skin and confidence right there for real. And you know, look, I think we all have emotions and we all are sensitive people. So I don't mean it like that. It's totally, absolutely great to feel different things, but it, 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 it may, it, it, there's a certain, toughness that came with it that i can't really put my finger on but i needed it to survive in this game yeah anybody from new york i know you're coming out here anytime i'm getting a new yorker out here i'm like i know exactly what i'm signing up for this person <laughs> is fucking tough as nails they don't yeah. give a shit i'll meet somebody they don't even tell me from america and i go hold on a second you're from new york aren't you and they're like 100%. And, they, and they got a group of friends that don't you know ain't nobody in new york calling me out of sight bro Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. They call me by my last name. They call me names I'm not gonna say in the podcast. <laughs> beep 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 beep. You know what I mean? Like it's real. Like I yeah. need that. It keeps you grounded. Like when I first moved out to LA, I came. I went back to New York a bunch of times. And like, bro, even when my song was on the radio, I would go to the local bar, and it would just be like, "What up, dog?" Like keeping you real grounded. No out of sight. Like I don't give a fuck. Like mm. I'm a motherfucking construction worker a teacher electrician like fuck you yeah. and like we just kick it watch a game talk shit and it's like ah i'm just the same dude I, it's kind of refreshing I, I always i honestly get that feeling every time i go home yep. back to western mass where it's like it, there's no like i'm not any and, and i don't think i'm any better than anybody else i just right i think i took a big leap leaving like there's a lot of kids that i grew up with that have never left western mass and they're still there 100 but it is so refreshing when i go back and i'm like oh this your is people this is it this is what yeah. it's about like going to the same old bars and we like, ain't and we ain't moving back no. ever <laughs> no, no, no. but it's well you know you ask what we learned from it i think you learned something from it you know yeah yeah, yeah that's so great a lot of love to my homies and in Yonkers. That's in great. Uh, selfish question. If you were sitting across from the 27 years young version of yourself, what advice would you give him? Oh, wow. Fuck. All right, 27. So that's 11 years ago. So let's think. It's 2021. So it's 2010. So this is, this is a year before Tonight's the Night rolls out, right? A year right? before Tonight's the Night comes out. So I would tell myself, um, stay patient, stay focused. You're doing the right thing. Um, and when it's, it's time to go, be ready. And then I would say, ha start visioning where you want it to go and s s don't waver. Because if there's one lesson I did learn 
and I don't have any regrets at all. I actually think I'm where I'm supposed to be, 100%. I feel that way. But if I can look back and I, what I would tell them, like after tonight's night, there was so much creative pressure on me, and I don't think I was assertive enough in where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to take it. And maybe I was just overwhelmed by the moment. It, it, you know, I can't I can't go back and change time. So um, who knows where the chips would have fell. And like I said, I think the universe put me exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm. But just uh, that would be my advice to just, you know, be ready, mm. you know, be mm. ready. Yeah, that's good. I think it's good too to be able to, except like where you are is where you're always meant to be. And I feel like that yeah. just gives you so much gratitude for everything that has taken, you know, that's allowed you to get to this position because there's always going to be more money to be made, more yep. cars to be bought, more houses to be had, more things that we want. So it's like, you're never truly ever going to be happy if you keep wanting more. But if you can wake up and honestly say, you know what, I'm pretty happy with where I am today. And yeah, I might, I might have more fuel in the tank. I might be working on this business. I might have other successes coming, but I'm, I'm pretty good with where I'm at versus where I might've been a couple of years. I feel like that just changes the perspective and allows you to really be in a sweet spot and just yeah. and with the flow of life almost. Yeah. And maybe I would have told my 27 year old self too, like, it's going to be all good. Mm -hmm. Cause like, there was definitely a lot of moments where I was like, ah, oh, shit, I failed. Like even with the hit afterwards being like, ah, I failed. Yeah. And it, I, I, didn't, I, 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 I like kind of succeeded. Like I did it, but I fucked up. I could have done it for real. And then like I had to let that go. And it took a while. And it took some some like therapy almost, you know, to mm -hmm. like just kind of like not be so damn fucking hard on myself. Like, dude, yeah. like you accomplished something. Like be proud of yourself. Cause yeah. like outwardly be like, oh, I'm so happy. But like at the crib, I'd be like pissed and upset. And like now you want the next one. You want the next hit. You yeah, want the next and you know, it's like, ah, I fumbled my opportunity. You know what I mean? That's how it felt for a while. So I almost felt like I had a second chance and took advantage of it. Now I don't take it for granted at all. I just stay hustling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a motherfucking hustler now. Oh, you definitely are. All, all the time. Uh, all day, baby. So, yeah. What's a, what's a question in your life you're trying to answer right now? <laughs> <laughs> and it can't Honestly, be about the man, Knicks. <laughs> no, you know question that i need answered or you're trying to answer is there anything on, on top of mind you're trying to figure out in your life right now man how to get back into like peak physical condition let's I've go really, baby i've slipped put that, you know put that COVID, alarm tomorrow 6 a.m you better get up and send me a picture of you in the oh, gym man you know healthy body healthy mind amen and uh you know through through the pandemic i definitely stopped playing basketball a bunch obviously because come play basketball so I gained a few pounds, man, and I and now as you get older, it's harder to lose, and it's like it's not for the camera or anything. I don't give a fuck. It's for myself mm -hmm. and just to just to feel better. So I've been working on that. I've been way more active as now to the world opens up. I get to play basketball again. I have a dog. I've been walking him. So that's really been my thing recently. It's just like because like when I am active, my mind is mm -hmm. active in a better way. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's been crucial because I was really pro like creative for a while during COVID, and then I hit a block. Like where I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to talk about or sing yeah. about. Like I was like jammed, so I started moving again, getting after it. 
And I was like, ah. It's like the, Get some the, blood the, the faucet opened again. Yeah. So, you know, like tomorrow morning I'm back. I'm playing basketball, you know, just getting back to doing those things has been really, really nice. And it just, I don't know about you, man, but like just to be able to do stuff again, dude. Oh, no questions. Oh, man. Yeah, it was no hard, questions. dude. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest. We, I'm very fortunate that we live this close to the beach because like I was kind of saying before, like, the beach became a public area where like, if you wanted to be out with people and within somewhat of a safe thing, people just went to the beach. It was public. There's a lot of space. And if you were on the beach, you were signed up to be around a lot of people. So it was kind of like, don't go to the beach if you don't want to be around a lot of people. So I feel fortunate that we had this outlet where it's like, we were able to be social and active and like, be with people during the weekends, uh, you know, maybe didn't look so good outside looking in because there's a pandemic and I'm out young and I'm yeah, but around outdoor a lot on the beach is very safe. Totally. So there was a lot of space. So at least we've had that, but ultimately, yes. Do I want like having things open back up recently, being able to go to the restaurants and bars and it feels great. And it's like, it's, it's so really exciting. Nice. It's so exciting to see people like back and living in LA and, uh, I think it's gonna be a really good summer. And me too, um, man. That energy is 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 crucial to me because, like, I'm not like a go out and partier, but I like to do stuff. Totally, you know. Yeah. So it's just like, woo! What do you know? It's like, yeah, it was hard, and it's hard for everybody. I mean, my first world problems don't even, you know, they're not important. But you know, just for me as a, in a on a personal side. But um, are you walking distance to the beach? One mile. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, mile and a quarter straight. Every down time Washington. I'm at the beach, I'm like, why don't I live near the beach? Yeah. It's it, one of those it, things. You know, it costs you an arm and a leg, but I think yeah. just from all the relationships I've been building and like access of so many of this of these opportunities, now that just because I live in this this part of town, it's like no questions asked. Take my money because I know this is just literally an investment. I'm not here just like sitting in my ass and not and not leaning into this incredible opportunity of being around these incredible individuals. So yeah. I have for sure leaned into it and it was the greatest decision I ever made moving here. Cause I was comfortable. I was great. Me, Dylan, Steve, we never once had a problem living with each other for three years. I mean, sure. literally the easiest going roommate situation of all time. So yep. I had to step outside of my comfort zone to say, you know what, fellas, love you, love living with you, but I need to, this is the next chapter. I need to put myself in a position to succeed even more. I'm a relationship person. Put me in the room with the right people. I will navigate it. Yeah. And, uh, I had to, I had to, you know, get myself in an uncomfortable position to then ultimately put me into a better position. And for sure there has not been an ounce of regret and it's been, uh, without a doubt, the greatest decision that I made making you gotta to come just here. take that leap. Yeah. I mean, you, you, just, you don't ever want to be like, Oh, I wish I had done that. It, exactly. That's yes, the way you know, I, it's so much easier living out here for the East it. coast. Yeah. Like you said, man, we got plenty of homies who are at stayed right you know, we're born somewhere and they'll probably stay. That's where they're going to be for the rest of life. Totally. Not, that doesn't make us any better than anybody. Totally. But our hearts said, we need to go do this. Yeah. And we did it. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure we each have a friend who's like, I wish I had done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of homies who are like, I'm good. We good. I'm having, I love it. I'm here. Cool. Great. But, you know, you don't want to be the one guy who's there. I was like, damn, I wish I would have. You know what I mean? Fuck nah. that. Nah, life I just is keep, too short for that. Life is too short. I just keep shooting shots and anything that Sick. is of interest in it. I can live knowing if I airball the shit out of it because I'm like, you know what? I put it up the shot. Most people just, are just going to keep bouncing and not even make that move. I'm like, left, shoot. Just put in shoot. the work. 
I yeah. tell my son RJ, he's a he's ten, turning eleven soon. He's a, a a really good baseball player, and I just tell him, you know, we're, when it's me and him out in the field, just swinging and like you know he gets sad about missing or something and i'll be like dude you're just putting in the work right now mm. and i'm like lebron right now is in the gym shooting jumpers bro mm. this dude got rings he's one of the goats yeah he's still in the gym shooting <laughs> he does not need to do that yeah but he's there that's you put in the work yeah the, the things that people don't see mm-hmm you know, LeBron is dead ass in the gym right now. Totally. He's the best basketball player in the world, still shooting. Yeah. He still... doesn't need to do that. Yeah. That's that's what that's what it's about. Put yeah. in the work. Be relentless. So put up the more... shots. Yep. Put in the work. Boom. There's always more room to grow. Yes, yeah. sir. I love that. Uh quick cues and then we'll kind of wrap up. What um are there any specific daily routines that help you operate at your highest level? I know you're talking about getting back into basketball. Playing basketball. For yeah. sure. No questions asked. 100 percent. My favorite thing to do in the world. I love that. I'm pushing 100%. you. I'm challenging you. Make get this daily sweat and now that things are back. I've been opening. doing it. I'm stay after it. If I don't, it upsets me. <laughs> All right. I love that. Um, if you could gift one lesson to the world, what would it be? Gift one lesson to the world. That's great. Um shit. This is supposed to be a quick answer, huh? Gift one lesson to the world. Oh man. You know what? love unconditionally and forgive don't don't let the don't let the anger or or hate or or anything subside the la over the last year i've had to do a lot of forgiving mm. and uh it's made me lighter mm. yeah, let that so shit go baby let it go yeah. you know there's it, it just is what it is yeah that's great it's helped me a lot that's great um what's an area of your life you need to put more effort into my physical condition cool. for sure yeah cool. keep keep working on it then uh-huh um what's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential start just go you're gonna dude you can't be no one's born good at anything like you might be like born with like an innate an innate talent like but like you must get better like my first songs recorded were so fucking bad it took me <laughs> fucking three years to make a song that i left the studio like oh this is decent like just get to work yeah so um you know and i, I probably said this in, on the last pod we did but if your inner potential is knowing where you want to go and then just starting that journey go mm -hmm. one step at a time yep. you gotta go yeah and then like we said you're gonna have twists and turns and it might change but you gotta start yeah, I love that. Starting in of itself is the hardest thing to do, but once you kind of get them, once you do get the momentum going, it then becomes a habit, a routine, and then it's unquestionable that it's just the thing that you keep working on and that no matter how the results play out, no matter what people have to say about it, you just keep doing it. And then at some point, the, you know, as long as you stay consistent, as long as you can stay, you stay consistent enough, disciplined, and you actually put in the work over a long period of time, I truthfully believe every person is going to find a way to do the thing they really want to do, whether it's the highest level or some mediocre exactly. medium level, you're going to find a way to actually Especially do it. Especially if you love it, right? Yeah. It's like, it's not, no, there's no question. There's no it's other not work. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard. You're not always going to be happy. It's yeah. not going to always be fun, but like you love it. You know, you come back the next day, like let's do it again. Yeah. You're, I'm you excited know, to get back into the work. Figure it out.
Yeah. I love yep. that. As, uh, as we wrap up this podcast, I always allow the guests to put a challenge out there to the listener. If they've listened to the last 75 minutes of this podcast, what is one challenge you have for the listener today? I just challenge people, I guess maybe, you know, you know, I feel like this pod is probably one of the first times I've publicly told, you know, my kind of story where I like about bouncing back. Really, mm -hmm. I never really talk about it because I'm like I said, I'm I'm not necessarily a very public person, but um I would challenge people to just um to keep keep fighting, stay resilient. Resiliency is huge. You know what I mean? Um, challenge yourself. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and, and and don't be so hard on yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. challenge yourself and, and and give yourself credit when credit is due, and just keep going. And, and know that no matter where you are, it, it can change in an instant. Just keep going. Keep challenge yourself. I mean, I don't know if that's the best answer. It's a great question, um, but I hope that sheds a little bit of light. Yeah, that's great. That's why I got keep going, Ted, on my left hand, man. Seeing man. that shit every single day. all you day. can do, man. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a reminder. Rich, as we wrap up this podcast, man, absolute pleasure. This is, Yeah, dude, uh, this is fun. You know, I love talking <laughs> about myself. I don't do it nearly enough. <laughs> We gotta. Why don't we'll you just start make it weekly? We'll just talk about me. <laughs> I'm gonna. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna make a new. So I drop podcasts every Monday and Thursday. You just pick another day of the week, yeah. and it'll just be the rich podcast. Hump day like, without a sight. Yeah, yeah, without a sight. Sixty minutes. What's rolling on his I mind today? I got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Take a seat. Yeah, exactly. No, seriously, you're you're the man, and uh, I, I too, generally uh, really appreciate you. And just uh, truthfully, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, like. You, I, I know you. I know Dylan really appreciates the relationship he has with you because even when I was okay. living with him, he would speak nothing of great things about you. And then, obviously, I would see you in passing, or you know, anytime we we'd all come together, it's been nothing but good vibes. But yes, uh, really, like I said in the beginning of when we first got here, you have without a doubt kind of you took us under your wing a little bit. Would offer us some advice. I remember we. I got to be. I actually mm -hmm. watched the Bounce music video uh, today when we shot that back in uh, yeah. 2018 with Hunter and. Uh, yeah. I remember even then driving over to shoot that music video, like how excited I was because I was like, we were just at a little over a year in LA and I was like, wow, I'm about to be on set with Rich for a music video. And like I walk yeah. in this whole set and design. And I was like, it was like so motivating, inspiring me. Like this is Dope. the shit that why I moved to LA, you know? So, um, well, you know, I always love the connected dots, bro. Totally. I love being a plug. It brings me joy to help others. Totally. And that's why doing the label has been a lot of fun because yeah. it's like, seeing now the artists that are signed to us have opportunities and do shit like that feels like i'm winning too yeah that's you know beautiful. what i mean when you get to yep. that place of being of service almost i feel like it just kind of the energy just comes right back around hell yeah for well, by sure. the time this podcast comes out your album will be out i will have that linked up in the description below so ladies and gentlemen make sure you go and listen uh, I don't know the name of the album yet. We're going to wait until it actually rolls out. <laughs> but you'll know. It'll be yes, in sir. bold. It'll be underneath uh, the description. So please yeah. go uh, check that out. If you enjoyed this episode, me and Rich have a favor to ask from you. Really just me asking the favor. Uh, <laughs> screenshot this episode on whatever platform you're listening to. Post it to your IG story. Tag Rich. He's at out of sight. That's O-U-T-A-S-I-G-H-T. On Instagram, Tag I'm hey out of sight. Oh, it is hey out of sight. Yeah. Ooh, didn't do my research enough. Dan, Dan, Dan. Nah, you're, you're good. You bad bearded man. Hey, out of sight. Yes, H E Y 
O-U-T-A-S-I-G-H-T. I'll have this linked up below as well because I can't clearly spell. Tag him, <laughs> tag me at Bobe, B-O, three Bs, four A's and Y. Share out the podcast on your IG story and let us know what the biggest takeaway, what the biggest learning was. Very excited to see what you guys and gals think. And I will also have 83 Sound linked up in the description below if you want to check out what uh, he has going on outside of his own music. Rich, thank you Bobby, for taking thank the time, you so much man. for having me, man. Absolutely. You're a great pleasure. host. You were great. Thank you. I appreciate it, but we're just getting started, man. Couple hundred, couple hundred reps under the belt. Still got a lot more to come. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man Podcast. See you.